Jitterbug jukebox bones are bouncing, hepcats cutting the rug. Have you heard the classic tunes with the new style we all love? Vintage jazz, electro swing, blend them up and that's our thing. Here's the music you should know, it's the Jitterbug Jukebox Show. Here they are, ladies and gentlemen, your hosts, Duke Skellington and Professor Watson. Greetings, folks. It is I, Professor Watson. And I'm Duke Skellington. And you are listening to Jitterbug Jukebox Podcast, Episode Episode 7. Lucky number 7. We are back after an unfortunate delay in our schedule. But you know what? We have busy lives here, and we're not apologizing for having such amazing lives. I was in New Orleans. Duke Skellington did some time in Chicago. Did some time. Sounds like I went to jail, but I actually had some fun time. That's right, buddy. We're going to talk more about that, but we have an amazing show in store for you just to make up for these long-awaited. Yes, and next time we'll try not to have such a hiatus and tease you guys with our absence. On the record today with new music from Holy Crow Jazz Band. We're also going to be featuring Duddy Moonshine in the same category. New artist Mad Hat Hucksters. Also new artists, Swing Hoppers. And behind-the-swing artist interview with DJ Vortech. And we also had him as our new feature artist, but we're also going to have a live jam session with the band, straight from Swingtronic, Holy Crow Jazz Band. Let's get the show on the road. On the record with Holy Crow Jazz Band. Born in New York City and currently based in Los Angeles, Holy Crow Jazz Band performs traditional American jazz music from the 1920s through the 1930s. The band's repertoire includes many instrumental pieces that were written or made popular by great musicians of the past, such as King Oliver, Kid Ori, Bix Beiderbecke, Jabo Smith, as well as original compositions. The band's stompy and lively sound can be attributed to its heavy horns and solid rhythm section led by Mario Maggio, clarinet and tenor saxophone, as well as his lovely wife, Jessie, on washboard and vocals. Right now, we're going to hear her sing one of my favorites from Sidney Bechet, Viper Mad.
That was Holy Crow Jazz Band from their live album, Crows in a Barn, doing Viper Mad. What'd you think about that one, Duke Skellington? What a voice. That woman has an incredible voice and, and live. Not everyone can pull that off live. That was really great. Agreed. She really brings those uh, jazzy vocals of the 1920s and 30s to life, doesn't she? Oh, yeah. I felt like I was right there. Yeah, if you'd like to find out where you can see Holy Crow Jazz Band live or buy their album, please go to holycrowjazzband.com. Next up, we have Duddy Moonshine Big Band with their new release called The Most Wanted. And so for those of you that might remember, a little while back on Jitterbug Jukebox, we A, interviewed Michael Rack of Duddy Moonshine, and B, talked a little bit about their crowdfunding project for their newest album. So... It's, it, I'm happy to report that the long-awaited debut and the album of Duddy Moonshine Big Band Most Wanted is finally here. They did it. They finally did it. And they funded it. it. And they funded it, and they executed. The album is banging. For those of you that are un- uninitiated, Duddy Moonshine Big Band is a 14-piece jazz-trained live show fronted by hip-hop and grime MCs and backed by a couple of producers with a penchant for filthy bass lines and banging beats. I would describe this new album as a perfect blend of classic swing, bass music, and hip-hop. A more refined description, though, is if you can just imagine a smoke-filled, whiskey-soaked speakeasy of the 1930s infused with the pumping energy and rowdiness of the wildest rave. Now throw whatever you've imagined out the window, because this really has to be heard to be understood. And so with no further ado, we're going to be listening to Distillin' off their new EP. And then I'm going to tell you where you can find the album. Thank you. 
to muster up a flavor like this Can't be rushing nothing, true flavor comes with time This moonshine's dotty, trust nothing touches potency Fantastic tunes and barrel blues There you have it. Distilling off the new album from Duddy Moonshine. What'd you think of that, Professor? Hats off to Michael Rack for really not only saying he's going to do it, but then actually doing it, getting everybody behind him to fund it, and just killing it. It is such an amazing album, Most Wanted. Yeah, it, it's really great. Um, and what was you, you've got to hear a little bit of the album, uh, Professor. What, what's your favorite song on it, would you say? Yeah, you know, I really love track five, Boogie Woogie. It's, it's a straight-up classic Boogie Woogie swing song, and it's so good. All my dancers will love it. Yeah, that's one of the really impressive things about this album is, you know, not only do they do hybrid songs like the one you heard that started off with just horn-based swing music and hot jazz, but they have straight classic swing songs on the album they range all of the genres that i personally love yeah you know i would really say this album brings it for everybody you know the dancers that are into just classic swing will love it the people that are into this kind of rave house music will dig it even your hip-hop heads will love it there's something for everybody on this and i really uh appreciate that about it yeah, they really they really hit all the marks, and uh, I will say that they set a bar. They set a bar for all of us doing this. They set a bar for me as a producer, and I aim to reach that high. Uh, I'm going to go on record right now saying this is going to be the album of the year. Definitely the album of the year. I will concur with that. Someone has to bring it really hard to surpass it, and I don't think it's going to happen. New artist, the Mad Hat Hucksters, located in San Diego, California, plays a variety of traditional jazz and swing from the 1930s and 1940s. My pal Morgan Day is the band leader of this great group, and I'm really uh, impressed with the amount of talent in this ensemble. Um, We've got Lindy Edwards on vocals and tenor, Nightshade Navarro on soprano, sax, and clarinet, Anthony Marca on rhythm guitar, Michael Till electric guitar, Jeremy Ekam on bass, and Adam Lee on baritone sax. Uh, We're going to hear a song of theirs live from the San Diego Balboa and Lindy Exchange that happened just here in 2017 that Duke Skellington and I actually attended their their lovely daytime, um, what what would you call that, a beach bash? It was swing dancing on the beach in the ocean. That's the best way I can describe what I saw there. It sure was incredible. We had a great time, and we're going to hear Isa Muggin live from 
SDBLX. Yeah, Eyes a Muggin' by the Mad Hat Hucksters. That was Morgan Day on vocals and washboard, by the way. So shout out Morgan Day for rocking that washboard. Um, if you'd like to hear where they're playing or what they're up to, you can go to themadhathucksters.bandcamp.com to purchase that. Or you can also find them on Facebook, The Mad Hat Hucksters. I want to encourage more swing dancers to start picking up instruments and, and swinging out. Uh, so to speak, because, you know, I wouldn't say like they're the most polished uh, act out. I mean, they're start, they're developing their sound. They sound really great. But what they do have is they have that natural groove. And I think as a dancer, that just you're just born. You just have that. So, yeah, I concur. I mean, it's really about their passion for rhythm and music. 
So next up, we have the Swing Hoppers. The Swing Hoppers are a brand new live act that take the good vibes of classic swing music and combine it with the energy and attitude of golden era hip hop. So we have a couple different hip hop swing hybrids going on in this episode. Uh, The result is something that's familiar enough for crowds to immediately connect with, whilst enough to thrill them with its freshness. A little bit of old, a little bit of new is what we do. The group consists of offbeat, Pi, Charlena Ray, and DJ Awesome Wells. So we're going to listen to their first single off their free EP that I'm going to tell you where you can find. The song is called Minnie's Revenge. It might have a little bit of a sample that you all recognize. Here goes. Well folks, let me tell you about a dame whose name was Minnie I met her in a bar while I was sipping a whiskey Never had I seen such a good looking chick In a red dress with legs that simply wouldn't quit I approached and said, excuse me miss But what's a girl like you doing in a place like this? She said, Jim's the only thing that can set me she proceeded to explain he was a bloke named Smokey Who was well known locally for supplying the dope fiends And that he had a shipment due later that week That was worth about a cool hundred thou on the street And if I could get the dough, she could arrange a meetup And we could bump him off and split the dope between us I thought about it briefly A big payload, plus a damsel in distress How could I say no? Let me tell you about a dame named Minnie I met her on the streets, frail, pale and skinny I took her in and fed her, gave her clothes and cheddar Said a girl like you could do so much better So now she loves me, totally devoted I dally with other broads she don't even notice But I love my baby and I always put my trust in her Like the other day when she found me a new customer Some sucker that she met in a bar she frequented Who had a hundred large and was looking to spend it So Minnie convinced him to make an investment then came to me and made a suggestion If I got the dough, she could arrange a meter Then we could bump him off and split the dough between us I brought my knife so if this guy can die right then by night I'll skip town and go live the high
And that was the Swing Hoppers Mini Revenge. For those of you following the story of that song, it's about a woman's revenge against the patriarchy. These darn men, she set them up and uh, took the money and ran. What'd you think of that, Professor? Yeah, I mean, they're no Cab Calloway, but uh, they do their thing, you know? I mean, some British blokes trying to blow up the hip-hop swing scene, I like it. Definitely, yeah. And if you couldn't tell, they are from the land of England. And uh, yeah, I dig it. I dig it. I've been a fan of Offbeat for a little bit, one of the MCs in the group. And uh, he's bringing some other cats with him, cats and kittens, and uh, I'm digging their sound. Um, So if you want to check out their free four-track EP, go to theswinghoppers.com. Once again, that's, uh, I'll spell it for you just in case you don't know, T-H-E-S- W-I-N-G-H-O-P-P-E-R-S dot com on there. You can watch the video to the song that we just heard, Minnie's Revenge, and you can download their four-song EP. Go get it. Yeah, we'll post a video in our show notes as well. Yes, we will. All right, so we're going to go ahead and jump into the DJ artist interview. But before we do that, I'm just going to give a little backstory. I just came back from Chicago, the Windy City, for the first time to play and DJ an electro swing event called the Rouge Relaunch. And this was with Mr. Automatic. This was with Vortech and a, and a couple of amazing burlesque performers. Um, I would have to say the Chicago electro swing scene is on point. Uh, have you been out there, Professor? You know, I've been to Chicago. I have not been out there since I've been in the electro swing scene. However, the Chicagoans are fairly nice people, wouldn't you say? Oh, it was. In- I mean, the people there are amazing. Yeah. I, uh, I lost my or my cell phone died at the airport, and I had to find my way to my hotel, which was very far from the airport. That sounds horrible. It was not something I recommend. I would, ne- and I wouldn't have been able to do it in L.A. Probably would have got mugged or shot. Did you lose your cell phone in a river in New Orleans? Because I did that. Oh man, sounds yeah. like we have another story. I know. We got another up. story. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, you know, I, I found my way by asking people. So. Um, don't believe the hype. I mean, you know, it does have its neighborhoods there, but don't believe the hype that Chicago is like, you're going to get, you know, killed. I mean, it's just a beautiful city. Great people. I loved it. With that being said, we have a behind the swing interview with DJ Vortech. Here goes. All right, folks. It is our pleasure to introduce the Chicago King of Electro Swing, DJ Vortech. How's it going, pal? Not bad. How about yourself, gentlemen? Thanks for having me. We are great. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, let's start it off, shall we? Where sure, did you get, come I up got, with this amazing name, DJ well, Vortec? Well, I got to say, it's not DJ Vortec. It's just Vortec. Oh, so, my it's fault. Okay. I'm sorry. It, it happens. People, because I am a DJ, people put DJ before it. It does happen, but it's it's uh, it's just Vortec. So uh, hopefully we can clear that up here. And there's a Copy U in there. Everyone always forgets that, but it's my fault. I decided to have an insanely impossible to spell DJ name. Um, well, that's a good PSA to make because uh, I'm Professor Watson, not DJ Professor Watson, and he's Duke Skellington, not DJ Duke Skellington. So we all are in the same boat. There we go. I wouldn't appreciate being called DJ Duke Skellington, so I get it. <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it's actually a funny story. A couple of years ago when I did Electric Forest, I, I kept asking the promoters because they released the lineup in uh, stages. I kept being like, hey, guys, I want to say I'm going to be at Forest, but I got to wait till I'm on the official lineup. Like, And they're like, 
finally like, stop bothering us. You are, you've been on there for months. I'm like, I don't see. And I realized they didn't have me listed as Vortech. They had me listed as DJ Vortech. So for like weeks, if not months, I'd been looking for Vortech. Couldn't find it because they do it alphabetical. And so it was just, it, I, I missed where it said DJ Vortech. And then I felt like an ass and I apologized. And they said it was okay. And we had a big hug. But uh, yes, where did the name come from? Um, so I'll try to make it quick. I have been DJing and being a club promoter for almost 20 years. And I was a promoter and then eventually a DJ in the New York club scene uh, for none other than Peter Gation at the Tunnel in the late 90s. Back then, uh, you couldn't use your actual name. Everyone got paid in cash and you could not use your actual name as a promoter or even DJ. You didn't want anyone to know it who wasn't a good friend of yours. Because I kid you not, the police would regularly raid nightclubs and just arrest anyone they could get a name on. So they'd be like, who's the promoter? And so it'd be like, Joe Vortech. And I did not spell it the way I spell it now. And since they would check people's IDs and go, are you Joe Vortech? I'd go, no. And they'd check my ID and it didn't say Joe Vortech. So they would let you go. Uh, so you didn't want people to know your legal name. Uh, and... Uh, when I became a DJ, not long after being a promoter, uh, I actually wanted, I said my, my promoter name was Joe Vortech. It was spelled V-O-R-T-E-C-H because it sounded cool and raving. It was the 90s. And, uh, and then um, when I became a DJ, I tried a couple other names, but everyone just kept calling me Joe Vortech because that's what they know me, knew me as. So I just went with it. And uh, then years later, I got into kind of the neo-vintage steampunk, all that stuff. And uh, in, in, Sheer brilliance, I'll let you decide the level of sarcasm I'm using there. I decided to come up with the most impossible, weird spelling for it, thinking that would be a cool way to change it. So people could still call me Joe Vortech, but on paper it would look different. And then when I started uh, producing music again, I just went with Vortech because I thought it sounded, looked cool. So it's, it's original. <laughs> so I'm pretty happy with it in the end. Yeah, I remember when we met in person recently, we'll talk a little more about that. You mentioned how you chose to spell it in a way that wasn't the greatest for marketing. But, you know, I dig the spelling, man. I dig Thank it. Thank you. I appreciate um, it. So I'm curious, who were who your youngest musical or artistic influences? And uh, tell me about some of your youngest musical and artistic memories. When I was, I'm assuming by youngest, you mean when I was young, not... The youngest you can remember. Yeah. yeah. Like my parents loved classic rock and they loved um, my parents loved classic rock and they loved uh, my father loved blues and jazz and my mom loved Irish folk music. So growing up, I was around a lot of that at a very young age. I was really into the Beatles, which uh, I remember being cut down. And I think when I was a freshman in high school, no, no, I've got, I was, in, I was either a freshman in high school. No, I was a freshman in high school. And the teacher's like, who's your favorite band? And everyone, I was like, the Beatles. And he's like, of course, it's the Beatles. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> that cut me down a bit. Uh, I don't know. Like, I discovered, I wasn't really sure what music I was into until I probably was about 16. And I, and I heard, uh, I remember being in the car with some friends. And we heard, some, they, like, the radio station played, like, some 80s pop new wave. And I heard it, I'm like, that's music I want to hear more of. And from there, I went out and bought a bunch of like 
80s, best of the 80s, 80s new wave compilations and just got really into that. I heard New Order's Blue Monday and it completely blew my mind because I'm like, this is music I want to listen to more of. And I put two and two together when I was young. I would pretend I liked disco. I, I would tell people as a joke I liked disco, like when we were like 13, 14, because we thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And then I would secretly listen to disco tapes that friends of mine bought me as gag gifts because I thought... Actually, it was awesome music, but I didn't want to admit to anyone I liked it. And it was like probably the same for 90s Eurodance. I didn't want to admit to anyone that I loved the Euro, the 90s Eurodance, but I'd secretly listen to like Eurodance radio late at night. So um, I remember the first song I ever recorded off the radio was CNC Music Factories. Um, Everybody Dance Now, Gonna Make You Sweat. So, I mean... Great song. Like, That's a great song. I actually have an original test pressing of it. Like nice. some of you, I found it in a record store in Brooklyn for two dollars. It's like a track. Yeah, I'll tell you about that another time. But um, I, I didn't want to admit because I didn't think it was cool to like dance music. And then hearing New Wave allowed me to be like, oh, actually, I do like dance music. And then I got from there into the Prodigy um, and like Chemical Brothers and BT. And I remember listening to Robert Miles' Children when I was probably 17 and thinking, holy shit, this is amazing. I hope I can swear. Um, and, uh, and just going from there. And I don't know, like I, I eventually, when I got into DJing, I was a hardcore DJ, both UK, like the UK style hardcore. So both the kind of never like the really crazy happy hardcore stuff but when i first got into djing i loved old 90 like early 90s uk breakbeat hardcore so i'd play drum and bass and i'd play like some of the darker borderline uk hardcore happy hardcore stuff like some of like, panacea is weird and cativo's weirder stuff um and then from there i just went continued going down a rabbit hole to this day i own like over 3,000 records of every genre. And eventually I got back into rock music too. So, I mean, today I'm known for mostly doing neo-vintage and electro swing, but I actually am maybe, I like to think, because I don't know anyone else who does this, one of America's premier gothic country DJs. I love gothic <laughs> country too. Wow. Your, uh, your influences and artistic influences are all over the place, and that's yeah. amazing. Um, as a DJ, you said you started as a hardcore DJ. Is that right? Yeah, UK hardcore. It's like the breakbeat hardcore from um, the very first record I ever bought was an early 90s breakbeat hardcore record that I don't even remember the name of it because it was such a weird, obscure record. But I wasn't even a DJ then. So I'm like, I just like this record. I'm buying it. And then that turned into an obsession, uh, which I guess now you might be able to call a career. <laughs> but... Uh, do you what? remember your first gig at all? Do you remember your first DJ gig? I do remember my first gig. Um, okay, well, vaguely, there's a smattering of gigs. I believe my first gig, and I was playing drum and bass. I played a hard step in dark step drum and bass. Um, and I believe it was at the, it was at the lofts right off of Broadway Street in which I think they're the Bushwick Bro Lofts in Brooklyn where Renegade Virus and Havoc Sound and Black Hat Collective used to throw parties. And I believe that was the first party I was ever booked for. And I played like an early set. And then I played a few other parties after that. I played one at a, at a, played a rave at a youth center in Connecticut that got busted by the cops. That was, that was a party. Um, 
And and one of the things early on I was really into is mixing genres of music. A lot of people were really like, you got to stay in a genre. And I was just like, no, that's not going to happen. Um, I had found MC Hammer's Too Legit to Quit. And I realized if I put it on 45, I could mix it with drum and bass. So I just used to do that in the middle of sets. And kids loved it. And then people who took their lives way too seriously, no, plenty of them. I think many of them became techno DJs and then... Some of them might still be techno DJs. Uh, we're like, what are you doing, dude? Dude, like, you can't play MC Hammer at a rave. I'm like, yep, just did. I was also a little shit. I was like 19 years old. <laughs> and by the way, some of my best friends are techno DJs. I love them. So, um, yeah, I, I, I actually was a mashup DJ for a while. And uh, I loved playing. I, I have like some old Electro Clash. I did Electro Clash in New York for a while too. I moved out of drum and bass into Electro Clash. And I used to DJ with like Larry T and Fisher Spooner and um, in uh, Avenue D. I'd like DJ shows they were performing at. I remember some of the bigger Electro Clash acts that came out of New York. Um, Yellow Note. Yeah, I was pretty, um, yeah. And then I don't know. I went in all different directions and then found electro swing years later. Somehow this has worked out for me. Cheers. Evening mimosa. I really love, I really love hearing the story and I love hearing about all the genres. It's, it's funny. You and I share some of these old yeah. genres that I thought people forgot about. Like I haven't heard the term dark step or hard step in reference to drum and bass for over a decade. And it's so great to hear yeah. And, you know, you being, you know, such an old school DJ, I've even get, I've got to catch you live last time in Chicago. It was incredible. You're one of the best electro swing DJs worldwide that I've heard. I'll just put it out there. Thank so you. coming from that world as an old school DJ, what do you think makes a good DJ? And do you hear many these days? Yeah, sure. Um, the number one thing I think makes a good DJ is DJs willing to play music, not genres. I think that's huge. I think a DJ that understands that your job is to be a selector uh, of good music and your job as a DJ is to find ways to make those songs work together. And granted, not every song is going to work with every other song. But if you want to play, you know, if you want to play ZZ Top, Sharp Dressed Man, and you want to play uh, The Prodigy's, you know, you know, Invaders Must Die. I think that was the first track off that album. Um, and you want to play, you know, Parag Stellar, you know, there's nothing wrong with playing all those, but you got to figure out, you know, how you're going to get them together, how you're going to mix them together, where it's going to fit and how you're going to do it without alienating the audience, unless you want to alienate the audience, which, hey, you know, that's weird, but valid, uh, if that's your intention. I do think it's important for a DJ to make a, party happen if they're going to be a DJ in the sense of like creating a space where people are entertained. Um, I don't know. I don't want to go into the, <laughs> the nuances of it. I mean, I agree that there's definitely DJs out there who's do they, they try to make a point of creating more of a weird soundscape and creating an atmosphere. They're not necessarily trying to create a dance floor. I think that's fair, except, you know, just make sure you don't book yourself at a show where they expect you to create a dance floor. Um, I think, though, really key to good DJing is uh, having a wide under like having a wide understanding of various styles and types of music, and then in the technique of DJing, um, you know, 
I, I've heard, I've met DJs who do the laptop DJing thing. Nothing wrong with that. Um, but I know some DJs that, that have stated to me that they have trouble mixing without looking at the screen and looking at the waveforms. Um, hey, listen, in the end of the day, if you're making a party happen, making people happy and you're, you're putting, you're, you have a good track selection, dude, you know what? Cool. If you want to know my personal opinion on the, on, on a, this person's technically good DJ, I think you really need to be able to mix for ear. You shouldn't have to require visual cues for your mixing. Uh, and on top of that, you should be able to mix multiple styles of beats. If you only know how to mix on the kick of a house track or a techno track, you're not even going to be able to mix every techno or house song. You have to know how to like, you know, mix different styles together. <clears throat> you know, I started as a breakbeat DJ. You learn as a breakbeat DJ that you mix on the, on basically, you know, like the uh, fifth hit and the 13th hit of, of a, you know, of a bar. And if you learn that you can mix just about any four, four, two, four, or, you know, like any, any, basically any music that is in a four count, you can mix it. And uh, it became, it's become incredibly helpful for me. On top of that too, uh, being able to do quick mixes, being able to do resampling, being able to do a little bit of scratching, things like that is really important because you need to be able to mix out of songs that do funny things, mix into songs. Us electro swing DJs know this. I mean, we work in a genre where one song might have a really long, you know, intro and outro and another song like, you know, half of Caravan Palace's music. They don't even, they don't even. And there you go. That was 15 minutes of our interview with Vortech. And uh, we just want to say thanks again to him for coming on the show. Um, you can hear the full interview on our YouTube channel, Jitterbug Jukebox. Just search us in YouTube and uh, go check it out. Yeah. So thank you so much for that interview. And hopefully we will see you in the City of Angels soon. On today's jam session, we go back to our good buddies, Holy Crow Jazz Band, for their awesome set they just did at Swingtronic in Hollywood. Here is 15 minutes of their amazing set that has been compiled into a mini-mix for your enjoyment.
Crow Jazz Band live at Swingtronic. You know, that raw jazz audio sound really brings me back to, you know, my awesome trip out to New Orleans because you go everywhere in that town and that's what you hear. You hear these amazing bands just bringing it everywhere. It's awesome. Yeah, actually, I went there one time a long time ago, but the sense I got is just the jazz, you know, I mean, the history is already there, but the jazz is still alive there. Yeah, and it's with these young folks too, you know. I mean, it's not all... 60s and 70 year olds that are playing jazz it's all these 20 somethings that are just really bringing it back to their inspirations it's not the senior citizens doing the jitterbug exactly it's those young jitterbugs on to swing of the month we're excited to present the first geneva collective release on freshly squeezed it's entitled my bad alice and for those of you that haven't heard geneva collective they're a female fronted seven piece band from leeds uk they started playing music together in college in 2014 and have torn up high profile stages internationally ever since their combination of vintage jazz samples Gypsy jazz guitar, funky bass, sax, synths, and live drums, all fronted by an energetic lead singer, creates a unique sound. Musically, I would say that they kind of fall between Caravan Palace and Chemical Brothers with the heavy electro swing underground club vibe. We're going to listen to the title track off their new release called My Bad Alice, and then I'm going to tell you where to find the music. Yeah. 
That was My Bad Alice by Geneva Collective. What'd you think, Professor? You know what? I really see what you're saying with that gypsy jazz guitar. I love it. I'm, I'm a big gypsy jazz man myself. Um, and then, you know, the Chemical Brother Heavy Electro, sure. Sure. I, I definitely hear it all. Um, I like these guys. I, the singer is a new singer. Is that correct? Uh, I, yeah. I believe they do have a new singer in their band. So, yeah. yeah she's good. good. She's good. Real good. Yeah, so if you want to check out their new album, you want to go purchase it or even just stream it, go to genevacollective.bandcamp.com. Just in case you're wondering, Geneva Collective is spelled J-E-N-O-V-A-C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E. Geneva Collective. Check them out. I've got one for the dancers, Artie Shaw, Traffic Jam. One of the best fast tempo swing songs to get everyone swinging out fast or doing Balboa and Chag with a big smile on their face. High energy, pumping brass, and a kick-ass drum solo. This is Traffic Jam. Traffic Jam. 
Artie Shaw, Traffic Jam. We know all about Traffic Jam in L.A., don't we? I think Artie Shaw was seeing Los Angeles of the future when he wrote that song. That was a 1939 hit, Fast and Loud, Artie Shaw. Lastly on this show, we want to talk about the Red Hot Jive Report. This is a new publication, a print publication, as a matter of fact, that is going to be featuring coverage of live hot jazz, swing, rhythm and blues, the entire swing community of international fame. Thousands of copies worldwide is their hope, and it debuts in the fall of 2017. I, myself, Professor Watson, have been fortunate enough to get a column featuring the L.A. electro swing scene and what we're doing here. So um, the Red Hot Jive Report, Marcus Howell is responsible for that. I'm really excited to see what they do. Big ups, Marcus. If you would like to receive Red Hot Jive Report in your mailbox or if you would like to have your local venue carry this amazing publication, go to www.redhotjive.net or email them info at redhotjive.net. Well, people, it's about that time. It's that sad, sad time when we have to say goodbye. But as always, we always want to thank all of you for spending this time with us, and we hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Jitterbug Jukebox as much as we have. Please subscribe to us on iTunes or go like our Facebook and SoundCloud pages just by searching Jitterbug Jukebox. Remember, we're also on Twitter at J-I-T-T-R-B-U-G-J-U-K-E-B-O-X and YouTube where we will post the entire interview with Vortech. Please share with your friends who you think would be into this. We love what we do, and we want to continue sharing what we love with the world. I'm Professor Watson. And I'm Duke Skellington. Keep swinging out. The Jitterbug Jukebox Show. 